going to start a series for the next four weeks. We're going to entitle it Surviving the Holidays. Today's message is Where's Kevin? And uh, there's a story in the Bible that we'll look at in just a moment, and we're going to read uh, that kind of gives us a, a feel for what it's like to lose something or lose someone. Uh, in fact, let's go to that right now. We'll go to Luke, uh, if you will bring that passage up for me, and uh, we'll kind of take a look at this. Luke 2, verse 40. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. It was holiday season for them. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had filled, fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinfolks and acquaintance. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst, of course they did, <laughs> sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers, and when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? In other words, what were you thinking? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee, sorrowing. I want you to notice this word, sorrowing. Keep going. And he said unto them, How is it that you sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the sayings which he spake unto them. And he went down with them, and they came to Nazareth, and was subject to them, but his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. Of course, the movie that we just uh, saw a clip from a moment ago uh, is Home Alone. And uh, in, in the movie Home Alone, uh, a mom's worst nightmare, everybody goes away for the holiday and they can't find Kevin. Does anybody have a, a Kevin in your household? You can't find Kevin. Where's Kevin? I mean, Kevin's always, you know, the, the lost one. I remember one time we couldn't find Allison. Allison was uh, maybe two years old. I'm not sure. Uh, she had wandered out the back door and gone down, the, down to the house next door. We finally found her. She was there, of course, eating a rock. Um, so, she, yeah, she was eating a rock. But praise God, she was okay. She was just fine because dirt don't hurt. Um, and then, um, then uh, another, on a, another particular Sunday, some of you heard this story as well. Um, we had one time where uh, uh, Michael was missing on a Sunday morning, and uh, we couldn't find him. We couldn't find him. We looked everywhere. Finally, we went down the street, knocked on doors, found him at one of the houses. He was sitting there, the entire house, grandma, grandpa, mom, dad, all the kids were sitting in a circle, and he was preaching to them at five years old. Yeah. <laughs> And he was having them pray the sinner's prayer. The entire family prayed the sinner's prayer with a five-year-old. And, and, and the funny thing about it was I asked them, I said, why, why did you let him do that? He, they said, well, he wouldn't be denied. He knocked on the door and said, I need to see the entire family. Can you get everybody up? <laughs> and the entire family did it. The entire family sitting in a big circle are sitting there and he leads the entire family of the Lord. And so, finally, so I get him. I said, son, I'm going to be late to church. I said, I said, 
what was going, what was it, what were you thinking? He said, well, you know, that one kid that lives there, he keeps riding his bike in the street. And he said, he almost got hit the other day. And I didn't know if he was even going to be around when we get back from church. And I just thought we got to get him saved before I get back from church because they don't go to church and they ride their bikes out in the street. You know, so it just made sense to him that, uh, that, that, that this is the way you deal with things. Now, now, all of us during the holidays, many, many of us have suffered losses throughout the year. And one of the major losses is grief. Grief from family members that have passed on, that have gone uh, before. You know, um, and that's a very, very painful situation for most of us. You know, the death of a loved one, um, a, a suicidal loss, a divorce. You know, there's a number of D's in the, in the, the Bible talks about the devil's devices, his devices. And, and, and some of them are debt, the loss of your finance. Maybe it was the loss of a job. Uh, the loss, uh, one is a divorce, the, the loss of a person in your life who's walked away, maybe a natural disaster. I know um, Hunter's family down in the panhandle of, of, of uh, Florida two years ago. Man, they, they, it was a year, two years ago, right? Almost a year ago now. Uh, the city right near them was completely wiped out. And people all around for a long, long time, they didn't have electricity. I mean, it was just a very difficult, difficult time for them. So you have divorce and you have death. You have a number of things that, that people deal with in this time of the year that are very, very painful to them. And they really don't know how to deal with it. Older adults experience grief at a higher rate than younger adults and children. Spousal loss is a common uh, problem for older adults. 2.5 million people die in the United States annually, each leaving an average of five grieving people. And I would say it's actually greater than that. Because I, I don't know if you realize this, but the, and this isn't to put guilt on people who go through it, but uh, the average divorce affects, uh, um, on the average, 600 people. 600 people. I'm not telling you that to put, put shame or pain on you. I'm just saying what we go through, people are grieving all around. We don't realize the trauma that we go through each and every day. And through the holidays when, when special loved ones uh, are no longer there, it, it's, it's a painful moment in, in many of our lives. Uh, the, the, uh, there's one institute that actually did a study and they said that the grief uh, that is experienced during this time of year and throughout the year is actually costing the country uh, somewhere about $75 billion in, in, in many different ways. They, they calculated it on the basis of, of loss of work and production and, 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 and people just, just uh, having to deal with all kinds of physical symptoms as a result of the grief. So that's, the, that's kind of the, the, the bad news. But the good news is that um, our God has never failed us and never will. Our God knows right where we are. And our God is teaching us how to survive. Now, there's a lot of people in the scripture that survived and survived a lot of different things. Um, so, so how do you deal with this? Um, Joshua survived with a whale of a tail. When he gave thanks, he saw his dilemma as a vehicle of deliverance. Joshua survived a whale of a tail. I'm sorry, Jonah. Jonah survived a whale of a tail. I confused some of you already. Daniel survived a dangerous, carnivorous catastrophe. Just saying. Three Hebrew boys survived a very fiery, heated situation. Noah survived a flood of adversity. David survived a giant obstacle. Moses survived between a rock and a hard place when he realized that the rod that disciplined him was the rod that delivered him. 
Gideon survived an attack with a trumpet and a lamp. God uses unconventional attacks sometimes, and unconventional attacks always require unconventional strategies. Esther survived a racial genocide by winning a beauty pageant. I mean, you think God. God can do some crazy stuff. Ruth survived the death of her first husband and found Boaz, her kinsman redeemer. Rahab survived the fall of a wall by a scarlet thread, and a former prostitute was named in the lineage of Christ. Joseph survived a sibling rivalry and ironically saved his family and the known world. Peter survived a prison sentence and was set free by an earthquake and an angelic visitation. Um, If you want to achieve greatness, stop asking for permission. In the midst of your most difficult, challenging situation, just step out in faith and start saying, Lord, I know you can use me through this. I know you can bring me out of this. I know you can do something special in my life. John Wooden said this, things work out best for those who make the best of how things work out. Let me say that again. John Wooden said, things work out best for those who make the best of how things work out. So when you've lost your smile, rejoice anyway. In the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. Anybody lost your smile? Because you kind of look like you did. Turn to your neighbor and get your smile back. Look at somebody, even if you don't have teeth. I was talking to somebody one day, and as they were talking to me, they were really, really letting me know about what was going on in their life, and their teeth flew out of their their mouth, right like that. Not kidding. The the whole set flew out. She caught it midair, stood it back in, and just kept on talking. I said, don't you backbite at me. If you've lost your smile, rejoice anyway in the presence of the Lord. There's fullness of joy. When you've lost your peace, focus your thoughts on the Prince of Peace. The Bible said, he whose mind is stayed on me will I keep in perfect peace. If if you've lost your peace, you've got to get your thoughts on the thoughts of God. You've got to get the words of God in your heart, in your mind, in your spirit. Listen, I had a few moments over the last few years after my father passed away and after uh, my, my mentor, uh, Mark Hannon, uh, went into the presence of the Lord and, and another mentor, Sister Emma, went into the presence of the Lord. Three major pillars in my life in a period of a few months I went to be with the Lord. And then I was getting to know on, a, on, on, a, on another, you know, really uh, just intimate basis, having really great times of discussion and talks with Bishop Kelly. I knew him for years, but, but we, we began to connect and, 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 and people like that that just all of a sudden went into the presence of God. And, and, and what, a, what a painful experience that is. And, and there are moments where, where it would just, I mean, just overwhelm me. And I remember I called um, Mother Simon, uh, Mother Annie Simon. Some of you may or may not know her. She was one of the, she was actually the first African-American lady in the, uh, uh, that, that went into the school districts in Canton City, if I'm not mistaken. And she pioneered the trail there. And she's a great intercessor. And she prays throughout the, the hallways of the schools. She's just an incredible, incredible lady. And, and when her husband had passed away, the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to be there for her. And for a period of a year, we got together and prayed almost every day at six o'clock in the morning and prayed to pray that thing through and to, and to, and to walk her through that, not knowing that one day I would need to call her because I didn't have a spouse that passed, but my, a number of people in my life passed. I said, man, I'm really struggling with this. And some days it's so overwhelming, I can't seem to, to push past it. 
especially during the holidays when you look and the people that you have loved so profoundly and have loved you so profoundly are not sitting in the seat they normally would sit in. It's difficult. And I said, I said, Sister Annie, how did you get through it? She said, you helped me through it. That's how I got through it. We prayed together. We, I said, don't, she said, don't you remember it? She said, you were there for me. I'm there for you. And so we are there for each other. We intercede for one another. We, we pray for one another. We may not be in the same place praying, but we're praying for one another. And then she said, when the emotions get to a point where, where you've cried and you've cried and you've prayed and you've cried and you've cried and you've prayed, she said, there's a switch in your soul that says that you just switch it off. She said, I just said, I'm switching this off right now. I'm going to grieve some more a little bit later. I've had all I can take for today and I'm shutting it off. I said, you can do that. She said, oh yeah, I do it. She said, just switch it off. And so I just started saying, switch it off. Now that is easier said than done. And she wasn't saying that you just go into denial. What she was saying is some days you don't have time for it. So you just got to say, all right, God, I give this to you. I'm going to switch this off and I'm going to deal with a little bit more tomorrow. How many know grief is something you deal with in layers? You deal with it layer after layer. And so God is so gracious, he helps us to deal with that. When you've lost your peace, focus your thoughts on the Prince of Peace. When you've lost your direction, God's word is your compass. He says, thy word is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto to your path. So the word of God is what, is what encompasses us. It encompasses us, it's around us, and it becomes the compass that guides us and leads us. When you've lost your will to press on, Remember that Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. Jesus had to press in. He had to press past the pain. Say, press past the pain. And see, I want you to understand something. Not all pain is a negative thing. Anything in life that's worth stepping into or laying hold of is going to have a little pain associated with it. You've got you've to embrace the pain. Somebody say, embrace the pain to enter into the promise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when you've lost your companion, Jesus said he would be a friend to that sticketh closer than a brother. He said he would be a father to the orphan and a husband to the widow. I mean, I know it's hard not to have skin and bones and flesh next to you, but I will tell you this, that he said, I will be your husband. I will be your father. I will be the one that, that, that walks through this situation with you. The Bible says that uh, as the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, he filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. That was talking of Jesus. We read that a little bit earlier. Jesus went, um, went to, stayed at the temple during the holiday season. The parents woke up and found out, Jesus, well, how do you tell God, uh, I lost your boy? How do you tell God the father, uh, I lost your son? I mean, you... To even go to him and say, hey, I just wanted to ask you, uh, could you help me find Jesus? Now, his father knew right where he was all the time. But, but so often we're afraid to go to God and say, God, I lost something. I lost someone. Where's Kevin? Now, actually, God taught us how to deal with this problem. And it happened right in the beginning of Genesis. Genesis 3 and 9. Can you pull that up? Genesis 3 and 9. In Genesis 3 and 9, the Bible says, And the Lord called unto Adam and said unto him, Where are you? Even God went looking for people. God went looking for things that were lost. God began to look in Genesis 3 and 9. He said, Where are you, Adam? Let's look at Genesis 4 and 9. God goes to uh, 
Cain, and, he, and the Lord said unto Cain, where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And the answer to that question is, yes, we are. We are. You can look around, and there are people that are not here right now. Some may be uh, sick. Some may be going through some stuff. We got to find them. We got to say, listen, I'm here for you. I haven't forgotten you. I know right where you live. But Jesus was gone. Where was he? He was in the temple. Where was he? What do you do when you lose Jesus? It's one thing to lose your money. It's one thing to lose your spouse. It's one thing to lose uh, your house. It's one thing to lose some things. It's another thing to lose Jesus. You say, well, how, what do you mean lose Jesus? Well, everything that Jesus implies. Some people have lost their hope in Jesus. Some people have lost their joy in Jesus. Some people have lost their understanding of Jesus in the midst of their sorrow, in the midst of their pain. Listen, I know you've, had some, you've suffered some losses. I know some people have walked away from you. Some people have betrayed you. Some people have disappointed you. But often people then get frustrated. And they say, well, where's Jesus in all of this? Where's Jesus? You're gonna find Jesus the word in the word. Say that with me. I'm gonna find Jesus the word in the word. Yeah, that's where you find Jesus. You always find Jesus in the word. Um, I want to look at uh, a couple passages of scripture. Let's go, um, if you would, uh, Fawn, let's, uh, let's look through a few passages. Let's look at Psalms 24, 6. Psalm 24, 6. We just have a few minutes left. This is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face. O Jacob, Selah. Now, this, this passage, I, I, I quoted this uh, Wednesday night in the service. Uh, in fact, uh, Pastor Michael Kelly and I did a double M. We did, uh, my first name's Marshall, so we did Marshall and Michael. We did a double M tag team, and I'm telling you, God just showed up in a big way. But this passage says, this is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face. Say, I'm a part of a generation like the wise men, like the magi, that we're looking for the Christ child. Say, I'm looking for Jesus. I'm looking for him every day. Say, he's gonna show up on the job. He's gonna show up in my house. He's gonna show up at church. He's gonna show up everywhere I go. Say, we're that generation. And, and we know that because it goes on to say, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and the King of glory shall come in. How do you find Jesus? Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Begin to rejoice. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. And the King of glory, what? Shall come in. The King of glory shall come in. Let's look at Psalm 27, 4. Psalm 27, one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire where? In his temple. Jesus showed us what to do. Go and inquire. Now, we don't have to come to the building, the church. It's wonderful to come and we come together. But what we understand is that you and I have now become the temple. And the Holy Spirit's on the inside of us. And we begin to inquire. And while we inquire, the still small voice of the Holy Spirit begins to rise up on the inside. What do you do when you've had losses? What do you do when you can't find Jesus in your situation? You begin to inquire in his temple. You begin to seek him. You begin to ascend in the holy hill of the Lord. It's a powerful thing to recognize the fact that we have that right. Let's look at Psalms 27, 8. Psalm 27, 8. Whence thou saidest, seek my face. My heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. 
When you're seeking the face of God, what you're seeking is his expression. When you're seeking, my dad had some, if my dad raised his eyebrow, I said, oh, Jesus, help me, Jesus. If he looked over at me and I was, I was in the church service, I can tell you this. There was a few times when I was a little boy in the church service where I was cutting up and dad excused himself from the entire service just to walk with me in the back and have a talk. You know, let us have a little talk with Jesus. I came back crying in the altars. That's what I did. You know, I mean, there, there's a moment where we begin to seek his face. Look at Psalm 3410. Psalm 3410. The young lion do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. I know you've had some losses, but if you'll seek the Lord, the goodness of God will pale. I mean, the, the things of this world will pale in comparison to the goodness of God. Let's look at Psalm 40, verse 16. Psalm 40, verse 16. Let all those that seek thee do what? Do what? What? How many know that's the last thing you feel like doing? And that's why, that's why in times past they would go through the neighborhoods and they would sing, Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and heaven and nature. Stand on your feet. Sing joy. Joy to the world, the Lord, the Lord is come. Let earth, let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven. Come on, now sing it like you mean it. Joy to the world. Joy to the world, the Lord. One more time, joy. Say joy to the world, the Lord. Come on, one more time, joy. Yeah. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Wow. Say joy to the world. Say joy to Canton. Say joy to Massillon. Say to joy to Ohio. Say joy to the U.S. Say joy to the nations. Say joy to the downcast. Say joy to the brokenhearted. Say joy to those who need joy. Somebody say joy. Say joy. Say joy. Joy. Somebody say joy. Come on, shout joy unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, all of a sudden you start singing about joy. You got to understand that on Christmas Day, my wife has a special Christmas dance that if you catch her doing it, she will stop. But she gets so excited because the kids are coming, the grandkids are coming, somebody's coming, Jesus is coming. Nobody, nobody has even gotten up yet. She's by herself. And I will every once in a while walk over and see her and she's just, But if you see her doing it, she'll stop. 
And here's the thing. The kids are all, did you get to see mom do the Christmas dance? Did anybody see mom do the Christmas dance? But the Christmas dance bubbles up in her spirit. I want to decree this year. There's a dance coming up in your spirit this year. There's a dance from on high. There's a glory that's coming down. He's going to give you joy. Beauty for ashes. Come on now. He's going to crown your life with loving favor and tender kindness. You may not have a present under the tree, but you have his presence in your heart this year. Hallelujah. Say, I'm a survivor. survivor. I see some survivors in this room. You could have lost it. You could have just quit, but you didn't. You're like Ohio State the first half of your life. The first half of your life might have been like the first half last night. How many stayed up and watched that? You bunch of crazy people. How many people went to bed because you thought they were going to lose? You were depressed? Shake it off, baby. I know Cedric was hoping they would lose because he's a Michigan fan. But Ohio State, they kicked it up in the second half, 27 points. He said, Pastor, you just went to meddling. You're not even preaching anymore. Oh, yeah. What I'm telling you is they didn't give up. How do you survive? You don't give up. Somebody say, you don't give up. Come on, we're going to seek his presence this year. We're going to seek his anointing this year. We're going to seek his glory this year. If you've never said yes to Jesus, no better time than right now. With every head bowed and every eye closed, he wants to reach you right where you are. He wants to be your Lord. He wants to be your Savior. He came to this world. He died for you. He came so he could live big inside of you. Maybe you've missed it this year. Maybe you've been grieving. Maybe you've been really, really suffering this year. It's been a tough year for you. I don't know what you've been going through, but God does. If, if God's spoken to you through this message today on the count of three, I want you to lift your hand right where you are. One, two, three. Yeah. So first of all, I bind the inordinate spirit of grief. The inordinate spirit of sorrow. Sorrow that, that is like Joseph and Mary who were so afraid because they had lost Jesus and not sure where he was. They sorrowed. But we don't have to sorrow as others who have no hope. Because those who've gone before us in the Lord, we will be together again one day on the sweet shores of glory. And while it's painful here for this moment, this moment is a brief moment in the, in the eons of time and eternity. And Father, we know that we'll be together there in our future. And so right now, we just step into our assignment. We ask you to fill us up with your glory today, Lord. Pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I give you my life. I give you the present of me. On your birthday season, I give you me. Help me to become more like you. I choose to seek your face, to seek you this year. And everybody said, Amen. Care ministers will be here in the front to pray if you need personal prayer and ministry. We love you. God bless you. Have an awesome, awesome week. Don't miss next week. We're continuing this series, Surviving the Holidays. 